0: Greetings and welcome to Shnayim Mikra, the podcast series sponsored by the Orthodox Union hosted here at OU.org, where in each podcast we examine and study <coughs> one of the aliyot of the current week's parasha. My name is Yitzhak at Shalom, and I'm delighted to be studying parashat Kiroshim with you here through this most modern vehicle for studying the most ancient and hallowed of texts. And we are now in the third aliyah. Which begins at Perak Yod Tet, Pasuk Chaf Gimel, chapter 19, verse 23. The text now moves us, and to give a little bit of a panoramic view, as I mentioned in the series of podcasts on Parsha Akhrimot, Akhrimot is really the axis of Sefer Vayikra, where, for the fulcrum more, more accurately, where the first half of the Sefer is devoted to the Mikdash, and its sanctity, and its possible defilement, and how that is cleansed. In the middle of Achrimot, there is a bridge, and towards the end of Achrimot, we move towards the sanctity of the camp, and that radiates out to the sanctity of interpersonal relations and building a holy community. Now, in the middle of this chapter, we move towards several laws dealing with um, rituals... And there are some interesting backgrounds to look at in the short piece that we have in this third aliyah. V'chitavo el ta'atem kol When you come to the land and you plant all sorts of fruit-bearing trees, <coughs> the Midrash picks up, picks up on this idea and says, this teaches you that when you come to the land, the first thing you should get involved with is planting. tem or lato et the Araltem, the Ramban reads as being, like to keep, to understand it as a cover. An Orla is a cover, something which keeps you from having access to it, which is why the foreskin is called an Orla. Araltem orlato et puryo, meaning the fruit should be covered from you. Shalosh shanim yelachem arilim for three years, meaning it is inaccessible to you. Lo ye'achel. Vashana what happens in the fourth year? Yakol puryo. All of the fruit is then sanctified as holy and praise, or or the object or the vehicle of praise to Hashem. What's the praise? The simple read of that is praise for the land and for its fruit. What happens in the fifth year? You can eat the fruit. And again, that signals the end of this particular piece. That's the literary marker throughout this whole section. Ani Hashem, Ani Hashem There's a longer version, a longer piece, in some, a longer formula in some of them. But that is the formula here. Now, the, uh, the, the notion of Orla seems to be, uh, that when you first come into the land and you plant, which is what you are to do, that the, uh, the fruit really is, uh, is something that is inaccessible to all. It is not something that's given to God. It's something that's allowed to just stay there and let the tree grow. And there's almost a sensitivity here of saying that the trees are also living. At least the trees in, in the land that you come to are also living and they deserve the opportunity to grow and before, before their fruit is cut down. But what's critical is in the fourth year, which means when the orla period is over, all of that fruit is then a vehicle of praise to Hashem. Parenthetically, at the beginning of the sixth parak of Masachet Brachot, that Pasuk Kodashilulim is used at least as an attempt to be a source for the mitzvah of making a bracha before eating food. It's limited in this context, perhaps only to grapes, to wine, etc. But, at least it's a starting point, that Kodesh Hilulim, you give praise uh, when eating. However, the simple read of this is that it is something very akin to Bikurim. Because what happens to Bikurim on a annual cycle? The first fruits that you harvest, you bring to Hashem. This on a larger cycle. When this particular tree reaches its maturation and its fruit are ready to be eaten, the first fruits come to Hashem, and this is a bifurcated cycle that we see throughout the halacha. We see that there are certain events that happen one time in a person's life, and yet on an anniversary they're repeated in a sort of uh, micro way. So, in other words, net the revai the whole year that fruit belongs to God. However, the, uh, every year, the first fruits of that harvest belong to Hashem. So as an example, when Aharon is, is, uh, when any Kohen is, uh, initiated as a Kohen, he brings Chavite Kohen, a special Mincha, which is not eaten. However, the Kohen Gadol brings that every day. It's almost as if every Kohen on his first day is like a mini Kohen Gadol. Something of the same idea here. The next piece uh, takes us to what seems to be pagan practices, that's certainly how the Rambam reads this entire section in the third part of Lo tochlu al-Hadam. Literally, do not eat on the blood. Which seems to be a pagan practice. Uh, having to do something with divination by eating with blood around or eating something with blood in it. Because the rest of the pasuk is lota nachashu, felota onenu. These are also forms of divination. A nachash. um However, Lotuchlual Adam becomes the poster boy, if you will, for a category of mitzvot Lotaseh, which we refer to as Lav Shebechalalot, meaning a g- general Lav. And it's a discussion of Asachat Sanhedrin, but the halacha is, Ainu lokin a Lav You cannot give the punishment of Makot for a Lav Shebechalalot. What is a Lav Shebechalalot? Lo al adam has been interpreted and applied various ways. As an example, that when a Sanhedrin executes somebody, no member of the Sanhedrin may eat that day. Do not eat on the blood. As an example, not to eat from an animal before um, before a kodesh uh, before zrikat adam. As an example, masach brachot not to eat before tefillah, and several other examples or several other applications of this of this law. As a result of that, you cannot get makot. And the explanation of the Yad Raman in Sanhedrin is because there is no point at which you're violating the entire pasuk. Because the pasuk isn't just interpreted various ways, it means all those things. And therefore, you can never really fully violate the lav. A lav shevech lalot. Lo takifu pa'ad roshchem. And this very simply is based on, on a uh, pagan practice and uh, hairstyle or head style. Which seems to be uh, an echo of what we read at the end of Achrimot. Do not round the corners of your head. Do not destroy the corner of your beard, which means to shave, to cut right on the on the face. Don't cut for a nefesh, which means for when when somebody's died. Don't scratch, cut yourself in your skin, and do not put which is a kind of tattoo where the the ink is sort of inside of the skin. Again, that Ani Hashem telling you that's the end of that particular section. And these, clearly, these three uh, psukim, which include one, two, three, four, five, six, seven specific prohibitions with all of the implications and applications uh, all are related to pagan behavior. And now, returning to the theme of of uh sexual promiscuity, or avoiding that, of course. Al t'challel et Do not defile your daughter to make her a prostitute. Uh, literal read of that would be to, to sell your daughter into prostitution. V'lotiz neha'aretz. Now, lotis neha'aretz is not a command, it's a consequence. By doing this, you will avoid having the land be zonah. What does that mean? So, so, so the word li'znot means to stray away but to stray away from a relationship which is consecrated and which is exclusive. Therefore, when we leave God, that is Liznot, When a woman is not faithful to her husband, that is a zona. When the land no longer responds to us, that's Lotis Nehaaretz. And that of course will be the consequence as we saw at the end of Parshat Akremot, that if we are not if we do not keep the moral high road and the sexually pure high road, then the land will vomit us out. Umalahar zima Et Shabbatotai tishmoru and this is a pasuk that nearly letter by letter will be repeated at the end of Bahar. You maintain my Shabbatot and fear my mikdash, which is a beautiful parallel of sanctity of time and sanctity of place. To fear and to have reverence for the holy day and the holy place. Ani And again, that's that uh, ends that section. And now, don't turn to the necrom kind of necromancers. Don't try to become defiled by them. Meaning, don't go after them. Don't deal with them. Don't have anything to do with them. And here, is saying, instead of going after them, you come to me. I am the one that you should be turning to. So you shall rise up. Seva means old age. So what's a seva? A seva, you understand, is an elder, meaning someone of great scholarship. So what's seva? It's simply an old person. You have to stand up for an old person, both out of respect and, and about honor, and to, to properly greet the, the face of an elder, of, of, of a scholar, Or an elder, and fear God, I am Hashem. That takes us to the end of the fourth Aliyah. As soon as the third Aliyah, we will complete the very short fourth Aliyah on the next podcast. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.